Welcome back to the Slay Your Day podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. It is none other than the miracle morning man, Hal Elrod. And Hal, you're going to hear on this interview, him talk about some pretty exceptional things that he has gone through in his life from his sister dying um, at eight years old to a car accident that he was in at 20. And then at 37, he was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer um, and was given a 20 to 30% chance of surviving. You are going to hear everything in this episode to how Hal is on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning and one person at a time. We're going to be talking about the Miracle Morning Savers. You're going to figure out what that acronym is is. And we are going to be diving into how he is on a mission and has sold over 2 million copies of The Miracle Morning. And with this new extended version, he's even diving into how to have the miracle nighttime routine. So the miracle evening and miracle life. So I cannot wait for us to dive into this episode. There are so many gems that you're going to get. Let's dive in. Are you looking to become more productive, make more money, or simply figure out how to juggle all the demands of being a productive working mom? Hi, my name is Sandy Glant. I'm a wife, mama, business owner, best-selling author, and TV host. I got sick and tired of being stressed out and overwhelmed trying to balance the demands of life. But rather than staying stuck and overwhelmed, I created a system that allows me to do it all and have some time to spare. I'm obsessed with helping women just like you develop the tools, systems, and strategies to get more done in less time. And I share it all with you on the Slay Your Day podcast. In every episode, we'll uncover the strategies and tools to maximize your time, effort, and energy so you can make every day of your life extraordinary. Are you ready? to slay your day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Slay Your Day podcast. I am so grateful for today's guest, none other than the miracle morning man himself. We have Hal Elrod on today. Hal, thank you so much for being here. Sandy, I'm really excited. And uh, I love I love that it's Slay Your Day. I could have called my book, I think, instead of The Miracle Morning, Slay Your Day, but you 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 captured that. So that's, that's really cool. I love it. Oh my gosh, Hal. I love everything that you're doing. As a matter of fact, when I first started my coaching and my programs, my first program I came out with was called The Miracle Mom Morning. And it was all about like getting out of bed and, you know, similar. We'll, we'll talk about, we're going to dive into your book, but really, you know, just when you're a mom and man, you're going through postpartum and just trying yeah. to get up out of bed is a feat. But I love that you have taken your journey, your mission, and have made this your life's work. So number one, thank you for what you do. And I want to just dive right into these questions because I know you're just such a wealth of knowledge. And I will tell you that for so many years, it was a struggle for me to get out of bed. Like I would never call myself a morning person. I hated getting up in the morning. When I met my husband, I, he would try and get me up at like eight o'clock in the morning. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This, who gets up this early? <laughs> 
flash forward to now, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. So jokes on me. Um, but I want to dive in and chat with you a little bit about the book and how I, I know how your I all the readers are very familiar with, you know, how this book started for you, but I want to know. Are there any mornings that you still get caught up in, not wanting to get out of bed, feeling like, man, it's just one of those mornings. I just, you know, I still struggle with that. Do you still yeah. still deal with that? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> I would say, so I do the Miracle Morning uh, really seven days a week. Uh, the only time I don't do it is like if I have a late night with like, you know, my wife, we go to a concert or a date yeah. night. You know, then I then I'm I'm not like I value my sleep. I had I went through cancer, and after going through cancer, I'm like, okay, I'm never gonna sacrifice sleep for productivity. Uh, I think too many of us value productivity above health, and then we suffer yeah. as a result at some point. And so, um, so I do it every day unless I just can't get to bed on time. But um, however, the difference in how I feel when I wake up, right? There are some days when I wake up and I feel depressed. Right. I wake up and like my mental health is, is off and, and I don't even I don't fully know why. And I'm like, what did I eat last night? What did I like? Why? Yeah. Um, and so so that's for me, it's I do the miracle morning almost every day. But how I enter into the miracle morning, some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel amazing. It's going to be a great day. And some days I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay in bed. Um, but I still do the miracle morning. And the reason yeah. is I know that on the days I do my miracle morning, I feel better. So if I wake up and I don't want to do it, I need it that much more. And yes. I know that after I do it, I'm going to be in a different state than the one that I woke up in. So yes. And I love how you cover in the book. And by the way, and you guys can see this right behind me, here we go. And right <laughs> behind you as well, you have your new extended version out. And what I, as I was going through the book, and by the way, I've read your book probably at least three times. Oh, um, I love that. And, and I think it's important to mention, you know, like when you read a book, especially when it's one that's going to change your life, you have to go back through, you got to go back through because there's so much information in there that you're probably missing. Cause you're probably picking up on one piece that resonates with you in that moment. And then you read it again and maybe something else resonates. And yeah. what I'll tell you um, that I picked up this time when I read it is that I love that you break down your miracle morning where anybody can do it, right? Where it doesn't matter if you're a busy parent, if you've got a crazy work schedule, like you have made this doable for anyone in six minutes or less. So I would love for you to just quickly explain um, your savers and how we, yeah. how anybody can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So quick, quick backstory. Um, the savers, as you mentioned, that is the acronym that represents the six practices of the miracle morning. So the S is first S for silence. A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and S for scribing or journaling. But the, the yeah. J would have been awkward in the acronym, right? <laughs> um, but those are the six practices of the Miracle Morning. And, and to go back, um, the way this started in 2008 when the economy had crashed and I crashed with it, I had this, I heard a Jim Rohn quote that, that set the stage for everything. And Jim Rohn said, your level of success in, in really in every area of life, not just your business, but your health, your success in your marriage, your mental health on and on, uh, will rarely exceed your level of personal development. Uh, and when I heard that, I immediately quantified it. And I asked myself, and I would encourage you listening, ask yourself these questions, which is, 
okay, well, if my level of success, well, what level of success do I want? And on a scale of one to 10, everyone wants level 10 success. I think universally, mm -hmm. we want to be as happy as we can be, as, uh, as healthy as we can be, as financially secure, and so on and so forth. But if your level of success won't exceed your level of personal development, then the next question is, well, what's my level of personal development? And the way that I define personal development, it's who are you becoming every day? Oh, right. I what are the that. rituals and routines that you have in place that enable you to become the level 10 version of yourself that's capable of creating and sustaining level 10 success in each area of your life? And so when I had that epiphany, I thought I've got to go research and figure out what are the world's most successful people do for personal development. I'm going to assemble the most extraordinary personal development ritual of all time. Uh, and then eventually it was called the miracle morning, but that's where the savers were born. Yeah. And, um, and we can unpack any of the savers and like give some advanced tips on each, especially from the new book. Yeah. But I want to say this, um, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of rich dad, poor dad. I met him at an event. Uh, I think three years after the book published two or three years. And I, 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 I nervously handed him a copy of my little <laughs> self-published book. I'm like, Hey, Robert, rich dad, poor dad changed my life. You know, here's my book. And at the time he was worth like $80 million. So I'm thinking he's not going to read my little self-published book. I think he's doing okay. I don't think he needs any, you know, he's all right. <laughs> three weeks later, he, his assistant emailed me and said, Hal, Robert does the miracle morning. He's read the book th like you three yes. times in three weeks. He does it every day. It's changing his life. He wants to have you on rich dad radio. And like, I was beside myself, right? Like dream come true. And, and, and at the end of the interview, he said something that sums up the savers better than I ever did. And he said, I'll paraphrase. Uh, he said, before you wrote the miracle morning, Hal, every successful person on the planet attributes their success to at least one of the savers. And many successful people do maybe two or three, but I've never met or heard of anyone that did all six of these ancient best practices every single day. But because you organize it the way you did, he said, I'm doing them every single day. And he said, you named the book correctly because any one of the savers will change your life. Yeah. But my experience has been when I do all six, I'm experiencing miracles in my health, in my marriage, in every area of my life. And I really believe that sums up, you know, the miracle morning and the savers and, and how it can transform anybody's life, even whether you're, you're dead broke, like I was when I created the book, or you're worth $80 million, like Robert Kiyosaki or anywhere in between, yes. you know, it's universally applicable. Yes. Oh, I love this so much because it's, it really is, you, you know, you boil this down to something that anybody can do. And I think the, the biggest struggle that most people fall into is they don't have enough time. I don't have yeah. enough time to read. I don't have enough time to scribe. I don't have enough time to meditate, right? Like whatever the thing is, it's like, we make excuses for ourselves, but yeah. just like you said, you know, if you can take these six six daily practices and make it doable, then there's no excuse that you can have to say, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's like, to your point, you mentioned the six minute miracle morning that that's a chapter in the new book, the six minute miracle morning, which is literally on the days where you're busy and, and pressed for time. And you can't do the most yeah. people do a 30 minute or a 60 minute miracle morning, right? That's the average person is somewhere in that range. Yeah. But on days when you're really busy, I literally created the six minute miracle morning for myself before I was even writing the book, because I noticed that we all have this all or nothing pursuit where it's like, well, I like right. to go to the gym for an hour. So if I only have 
38 minutes. I'm not going to even, I'll just do it tomorrow. And I kept pushing off my miracle morning because of that. And then there was one day where I had like 15 minutes, but I was like, I need to get in a good state. And so I'm like, what if I just did six minutes? What if I did one minute for each of the savers? And I sat in silence for a minute, said a quick prayer, little mini meditation. And I felt really centered. Then I pulled out my affirmations and I read, this is what I'm committed to today. Here's why it's a must for me. Here's what I'm going to do to make it happen. And in one minute, I got refocused on my highest priorities. Then I visualized myself doing the things today. I did 60 seconds of jumping jacks. Like it was just a minute each. But at the end of that six minutes, I felt centered, inspired, clear. And I was like, wow, I mean, I got 80% of the benefit of the miracle morning in one tenth of, you know, of the time. Yes. And, and, you know, to that point, like I, so for me, I wake up, I'm, I get up at five, like I said, now I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I do my workout and, you know, I've, I've been able to incorporate breath work into this. I've been able to incorporate, um, along like every day, right? Like for me, I, I have kind of like my benchmarks of what I do. I have to say the one thing that I really need to get better at is my meditation. And it's mm. something that's come up for me in meditation when I have done it that where I'm like, man, this, when I do it, I can see clear. It's just, and, and to your point, it doesn't have to be long. And I think that's the biggest block for all of us. Like it's gotta be this 20, 30 minute long process when it doesn't yeah. need to be that. So thank you for, you know, kind of getting rid and dispelling that, that thought for us, because it becomes doable again, no matter what you have going on, how busy work is the kids. I mean, I'm getting my, my kids out to you know school in the morning, like most of us are. Um, so that is, is, is a big change and shift in the way that we think about it. Are you ready to join a group of high performance women who are committed to continuous growth, working smarter, not harder, and who know that it's important to invest in themselves so they get to show up in all the areas that mean the most to them? If you know you want it all, the business, babies, body, and bank, then look no further than the High Performance Accelerator Academy. This is where women who want more come together to learn the systems, strategy, and support to take their lives to the next level. You are surrounded by a community of women who are dedicated to their success, but know that burnout and overwhelm don't have to be a part of it. If you're ready to invest in the next level version of yourself, check out the High Performance Accelerator Academy at sandraglant.com forward slash academy. I'm going to give that link to you one more time. It's sandraglant.com forward slash academy. I can't wait to see you inside. So two things I would say to that. So in the new book, I teach something called emotional optimization meditation. And it's a technique that I I think I made it up. I don't know if, you know, sometimes you think you make something up and then you read it in a book like that was published in 1937. You're like, oh, I didn't invent that. Okay. But I think I made it up. But, um, but so, so my two things are number one is if somebody's brand new to meditation, I always say, start with guided meditations. Yeah. You know, there's a miracle morning app right now. The miracle morning app is a free app. You can download on you know the app store, Google play, whatever. And it has guided there's an entire guided miracle morning track that's 11 minutes long. So you literally push play and you follow along and 11 minutes later, you've done a miracle morning and you didn't have to even think about it. So that's one part. Um, And then the second piece is with meditation, uh, most meditation practices were taught to just, you know, follow our breath, clear our mind. And there's value in that. 
I'm a very results oriented person and I'm really in, I like, I'm intentional. I'm like, I want to do the thing and then get some sort of outcome from it. Right. 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 Um, and, and the, you know, it's an outcome to calm your mind, but for, for just a little preview with emotional optimization meditation is it's where you ask yourself every day, each day you go, okay, what's the optimal mental and emotional state that I need to be in that would serve my highest good today? Right. Do I, do I have a presentation where I need to, I need to get in a state of confidence and I'm feeling insecure or do I, or am I, am I like overwhelmed and stressed out? And I, I want to feel happy again. Like I haven't been happy yeah. lately. Right. Or, um, did me and my spouse have an argument last night and I need to get in a state of like empathy and love and forgiveness and reconnected to, to my spouse yeah. before they come out of the bedroom. Cause I know they're triggered from last night and I need to get right. untriggered. Right. So you literally, you pick whatever state serves you. And then I, I walk you through a process on how you get yourself into that state. And then you set your timer for one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, and you are hardwiring your optimal emotional state. So now it's part of you, you are embodying it and you can call on it throughout the day at will. And my general state is, I just want to be happy, peaceful, and grateful. And so on most days, that's my meditation. And I've done it so long now that whenever I'm feeling stressed or anything, yeah. I can immediately just put my hand on my heart, close my eyes, and just remember, oh, yeah, that's my baseline. And so I went from a baseline of having a stressed out, overwhelmed life not that I don't, I still get stressed out and overwhelmed, but I wake up every morning in a state of bliss mm -hmm. and I go to bed in a state of bliss. And so I book in my day and I can get back there pretty quickly at any given point because of that practice. That's amazing. I mean, how many of us stay stuck in these emotions that don't serve us? Yeah. You know, like you, you stay frustrated or you're angry or you're upset or whatever. It's like, it's okay to be or to feel that, but like to stay stuck in it is another thing because you're going to yeah. let that destroy the next day or precious time that you could have, you know, with the people that you love or for yourself. Um, and, and to be able to switch out of that is such a powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. love it. So you also, um, a new, uh, portion of your book is called the miracle evening, your strategy yeah. for blissful bedtime and better sleep. I would love to hear just two or three of the tips that you have on how we can tap into our evening bedtime routines and maybe what some of your go-tos are, because I know for me, like I'm, I'm a very regimented person. Like my bedtime routine for my kids is the same for myself. And that will set the precedence for the next morning for me. But what are like two or three of your go-tos? Yeah. So for me, I'll, I'll just, I'll say that the, um, this, I, this was formed because uh, I used to not have any evening routine and people would always ask me, what's your evening ritual? And I'd be like, uh, I just say goodnight to my kids and like go to bed. I don't have anything. I was kind of like embarrassed. I didn't have a good answer for them. And then I realized that how you end your day is almost, I don't think it's as important, but it's almost as important as you begin your day because your yeah. first thought in the morning is almost always the last thought you dwelled on before bed. And yeah. therefore your first mental and emotional state in the morning is the one you dwelled on before bed. So it is really important to go to bed feeling feeling really peaceful and grateful. Uh, in the in that chapter, I teach an acronym like SAVERS, but called SLUMBERS. SLUMBERS, S-L-U-M-B-E-R-S. So um, the first one is stop eating three to four hours before bed. 
That's so how long it takes to fully digest your meal. And you could, you could get away with two hours, but if you ever go to bed and you feel, you wake up feeling like you were hit by a truck, you're like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. It's because your body was digesting food all night long. So yeah. that's a huge, and I talk about how to, if, you know, if you're, if you're used to eating right before bed, I talk about how to like scale back a little bit, every, you know, go to 30 right. minutes then an hour, get back to that point where you have a fully digested stomach and then you can really get a peaceful night of rest. Um, number two, the L in slumbers is let go of stressful thoughts and emotions. Mm. This is arguably the most important. Most of us go to bed at night and we lay down and our mind starts churning with, oh my God, I'm stressed out about this. I'm yeah. worried about this. And what I realized is that when you think about things that are out of your control, when you focus on things that are out of your control, you feel out of control. Yeah. And that creates a lack of safety. It creates mm -hmm. feelings of anxiety and stress and right. fear, which all lead to depression. And so at night, the only thing that's in your control, right, is, and the only objective you have, it's to, to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so it's about setting yourself up. It's about choosing thoughts and emotions that serve peacefully drifting off to sleep. And so I walk you through in the bed, or in, not the book, in the bed. <laughs> I walk you through in the bed, in the book, um, how, to, uh, how, to, how to let go of those stressful thoughts and replace them with grateful thoughts. And it's, it's the old adage, like, so count your blessings. I go to sleep yes. every night thinking, God, thank you for my wife. Yes. And I'll just sit in that gratitude. I'll picture my wife and I'll just think about, thank you for, thank you for my daughter. Thank you for... Like mm -hmm. last night, she was in a play and it went really well. Oh. And I went to bed just feeling grateful that her play went so well. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I just go to bed feeling blissful. And then my first state in the morning is I wake up most mornings feeling blissful because that's what I dwelled on before I went to bed. That is so good. One thing I do with my boys, I have two boys. And one thing that we do every night is we'll say our prayers, but we start yeah. off with gratitude. You know, thank you for our health. Thank you for an amazing, loving home. Thank you for, and some, you know, they'll say it in their own words, what they're grateful yeah. for. Um, but I think it's so important, like, as you're saying to set the tone, because that's what you're thinking about. You're going to go to sleep and whatever you're dreaming up and then starting your morning with, like you're setting the precedence then. So I love oh, this yeah. so much. And I think as adults, it's very important, but I think, you know, sharing this with our kids is really important to do as well. Absolutely. I think that, for me, I get often asked, like, how do you do the miracle morning with your kids or do you do it with your kids? And I say, I, that's been a, an up and down, you know, uh, journey where I have pictures of us when we were little and I meditate. We're doing full-blown miracle mornings together. And yeah. now my daughter is 14. She doesn't have the same interest that she used to and that kind of thing, right? I, I, the perfect vision I had of my, me and my kids doing our miracle morning for oh. our entire lives, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, it falls off the rails sometimes. But what I find is that when I started the Miracle Morning, it's because 2008, I was deep in debt. My house was being foreclosed on. My business was failing. I was at the mercy of the economy, the Great mm -hmm. Recession, if you will. And when I started my Miracle Morning, it wasn't even called that. It was just a personal development in the morning. Within yeah. two months of that practice, I more than doubled my income in the Great Recession. Wow. And two I went months. to my wife in two months. And, and the economy was continuing to plummet, but I stopped pointing at the economy and blaming the yes. economy for my financial situation, I turn the finger on me and I go, how can I become the person that I need to be that can thrive in this recession? And it yeah. worked. 
And I went to my wife. I remember the day, the moment I can see us. I went, I went out of my office, went to the bedroom. She was coming out of the hall. I think she had a laundry (laughs) basket. I'm not sure. And I said, sweetheart, you got to celebrate. I signed on two coaching clients today. We've officially doubled our income since I started that morning routine. It feels like a friggin' miracle. And she goes, it's your, without skipping a beat, she goes, it's your miracle morning. I go, wow. I like that miracle morning. And so I started writing Miracle Morning and then, you know, the rest is kind of history. And and I like how you mentioned in the book also that you were trying to figure out like the acronym for savers and then you went to your wife and, and, and you changed the, you know, scribing. And, and so, so look, there's, there's so much power. Yes. I love that so much. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like sometimes with like men and women, like my husband and I, you know, because you or I, or my spouse, like we, we can each be individually so close to it when we can step back and just kind of like share what we're doing. Like it can be so easy for someone else, especially close to us to like come up with those things so quickly. Totally. Yeah. I was writing the book one day and I was frustrated and I saw her same thing in the hallway, different house though. Cause at this point we had lost our house and moved back in with my dad because uh, wow. that process was already in motion but but I she goes what's wrong you look frustrated uh, you know yeah are you having trouble with your writing I said yeah I've got these six practices but they're not interconnected in any way they're I don't know how to organize them I said Stephen Covey has like the seven habits of highly effective people right. and Robert Kiyosaki has the cash flow quadrant I'm like right. and I, I got this hodgepodge and she goes why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can find synonyms for some of the words and then make yeah. it into an acronym. And I was like, you know, you are brilliant. And, <laughs> and all that changed was meditation became silence, yes. right? Affirmation stayed the same, visualization, exercise, reading, and then journaling became scribing. And then the rest, you know, stayed the yeah. same. So. so just like these little tweaks, you know, that make all the difference. And then now you have your acronyms also for the the nighttime routine. So, okay, so we we... Um, ended on stop, we were doing... yes. stop eating three to four hours before bedtime. Yep. Let go of stressful thoughts. The yep. U is for use sleep supplements as needed. Nice. And uh, another way, part of the reason this, I, I wrote this chapter is in 2020, I had been on chemotherapy for three years. I was diagnosed with a very rare, aggressive form of cancer in 2016 and given a 20 to 30% chance of surviving. So it was very grim odds. My heart was failing, my kidneys were failing, and my lung was failing. And my do- the doctor said you have one to three weeks to live oh. if you don't start chemotherapy. And so I was on death's doorway. And after three years of chemo, it took major damage. It did major damage to my brain. And mm. I uh, I stopped sleeping. I went I went to where I was sleeping two to four hours a night for about six months. And if you ever slept for two to four hours a night in one night, you're a wreck the next day. Oh yeah. You compound oh, yeah. that over six months. I was literally suicidal. I was, oh, I was hallucinating. I thought people were trying to, I mean, I lost my mind. Yeah. You can imagine how that affected my marriage and yeah. my business and everything else. So I got off the chemotherapy um, and I started relentlessly researching, like, how can I fix my sleep? And mm. I think, and these, th- these seven steps I teach in the book, were what I did. Like this is literally, this is what I did and what I still do to to just finally sleep after going through horrific sleep deprivation. And so using, I, I say in the book, I, I would, you know, like I can't not tell you the supplements after I tried a bunch of different ones right. that I finally landed on. And yes. so I take, um, uh, I take uh, valer- organic valerian root. 
90 minutes for bedtime. Um, I take uh, magnesium 90 minutes mm -hmm. for bedtime. Uh, yeah. I take 30 minutes for bedtime. I take melatonin, but it's a very, I put all the brands that I use in there. It's yes. very specific nice. melatonin that isn't made in a lab. It's made from grass. It's literally just wow. ground up grass that has natural melatonin in it. So anyway, so yeah, using sleep supplements and at the right time, you know, I just share my routine and I'm like, Hey, if th this is what works for me, you know, right. you can give it a try and see what works for you. Yes. Yes. And I mean, look, all of us, uh, and, and mostly everybody listening to this podcast, watching this on YouTube right now, um, are high performers. They're trying to find, you know, these little, I like to call them hacks or these little tips or tricks that, you know, can, can expedite the journey of all the experts that come on here. So it's like, you have done this. These are tried and true and you're sharing what works for you. And then in turn, it's like, we get to, to, to kind of fast track our version of that, right? So it's like yeah. you coming on here, sharing the miracle morning, sharing the miracle evening and, and how we can really take these tools and tricks and optimize what we're currently doing. That is a fast track to success right there. So again, like, thank you for sharing it and for doing this and for being able to openly share what it is that you're doing because you're helping so many people. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I never, the miracle morning, again, it wasn't a book idea. It was like, this is my morning routine. And then I, what I did is I shared it with my coaching clients at the time. And most of them were really resistant. Like, I'm not a morning person, Hal. I go, no, I know. Right. Neither was Nobody's I. Nobody's a morning person. Yeah. I, I said, I said, I said, that's part of it is I'm going to teach you how to not only like what to do in the morning and why to do right. it, but here, here's how you beat the snooze button. Right? right. And one little tip I'll give you all is move the alarm clock across the room yeah. because if you can reach over when you're half asleep and turn it off, you're going to lose that battle nine out of 10 times. Yeah. But if you have to get out of bed, walk into the bathroom where you got a right. glass of water, your toothbrush, you're ready, right? Like yeah. you are, t you're, you're 10 times more awake when you're upright than right. if you're laying in bed, reaching to the bedside table. And so, um, but I taught it to my coaching clients and 13 out of 14 of my clients came back to their next call and said, Oh my gosh, how it works. I, I'm having the best week in my sales career. And again, this was in the Great Depression when everybody was struggling. I'm running again, I'm reading, I'm exercising, so on and so forth. Yep. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I went, wait, if the miracle morning changed my life and my coaching clients' lives, and, and most of us were not morning people, right? I have a responsibility to share this with as many people as I can. And so I started writing the book, you know, and I self-published it. Like I didn't know it was gonna sell millions of copies. That was I had no idea, you know, so, it's so um, incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible because I think, you know, to your point and, and, and even my own personal experience, I would always tell myself, I'm not a morning person. Like yeah. I would play that to myself. So therefore I wasn't doing the things I needed to do to become that morning person. You know, yeah. even today when I get up at five o'clock in the morning, I still say I'm not a morning person, but guess what? Yeah. I'm still getting up at five o'clock because I know what it's going to do for me. So I think yeah. like a big part, and you talk about this in the book, you know, you, you have these tools and these strategies. It's like, you've got to set yourself up for success because otherwise it's just excuse after excuse. I'm not a morning person. I can't do it. Blah, 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 on and on. But like, you're giving us the tools to be able to put away the excuses and start taking action towards becoming that morning person. Yeah, I get I get asked a lot, like, what if someone doesn't believe they can become a morning person or they don't even want to try because they hate the morning oh, so much or whatever? Good. Yeah, there's two things to understand. One is where did this come from that most people yes. don't consider themselves morning people? Well, think about it. When we were children, right, we never 
how often did you get out of bed because you wanted to? At right. least five days out of the week <laughs> during the school year, you got out of bed because your mother, your one of your parents said, hey, time to get up and get ready right. for school. Oh, no, I don't <laughs> want to. So when our brains were forming and developing, we were being forced to wake up against our will. Therefore, it right. is only natural that we all developed a resistance and a rebellion against, if I don't have to wake up, I'm not waking up. And then yes. like for most people, when I went off to college, I slept in until I would set my classes. My, my first class was like 11 a.m., right? So that I could sleep in as long as I could. I played video yes. games until 2 in the morning, right? Yes. Fact, I have a friend, Teddy, that I went to college with. And when I, I sent him a copy of the Miracle Morning, like the first edition, he's like, dude, Hal, you were the you you're like you were the last person that was ever gonna be a morning person. Yes. Um, you know, my my literally like the my girlfriends that I grew up with that knew me since you know, kindergarten, the exact same thing to me. They're like, we cannot believe you are this person today because college Sandy, high school, middle yep. school Sandy was not the same person. Totally. Well, yes. and so the other thing I say when people say, well, what if I don't think I can become a morning person? I say, join the club. Yes. And, and because I was asked, um, I was a few years ago during an interview, somebody said, Hal, you know, millions of people do the miracle morning around the world. What percentage of those people were already morning people so this wasn't hard for them. It was like, oh, instead of checking email, I'll do the savers, right? And then what percentage they said were never believed they could be a morning person. So this was like a radical overcoming of like what was a lifelong belief. Yeah. And I did not know the answer. I was like, I, I have to start surveying our community and understand right. that. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Seven, Roughly 72% of all Miracle Morning practitioners say that they never thought they could become a morning person before they read the Miracle Morning. I so would that was think a big that part would be higher was... because like, if you think yeah. about exactly what you said about the programming that we had as kids, you know, you have to get out of bed. Let's get up and go to school. Let's get up and whatever they have to do. Yeah. Like 72% to me even sounds low based on like, there's no kid in the world that wants to get up and go to school, right? Like yeah. now, if you say it's Christmas morning and you got to get up at five, or if you, if yeah. I tell my son, he's got to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go fishing, he's up and out of bed in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of what I realized when I was creating the miracle morning for myself was because the first night I did the miracle morning, I had been in six months of depression because I was in six months of financial decline and yeah. debt and, and my having my house foreclosed on and all of that. And so I would go to bed every night. First of all, I would go to bed stressed and depressed, but also it was the only feeling of like, I would hug my pillow and be like, okay, I get to escape my exactly. stressful life for like seven hours. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but then I'd wake up and go, Oh no, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to yeah. face this stressful life. The very first night that I set up my miracle morning, like I, I didn't know how to do meditation. I just opened up six tabs on my computer, how to meditate, how to do affirmations, wow. how to visualize. Like that was how I started. And, but here's the crazy thing. The first night, and keep in mind, this is, I'm depressed for six months. Yeah. The very first night, I, I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve. Yes. I was like, I'm excited to try this. Like yes. this, is, this, this might be, this might be the thing that changes things for me. And right. then I went to bed feeling like a kid on Christmas Eve. I was excited. And when the alarm went off in the morning, I didn't even hit the snooze button. I jumped out of bed. I ran in the living room and I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I realized that we can, we can literally recreate 
that feeling of waking up on Christmas morning, we can engineer it. We can create it every day by creating this, you know, this miracle morning where you're like, I'm waking up doing these things. I have total clarity on what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. I'm going to feel better once I do, right? Like this is a win-win for me. Absolutely. It's so funny because for me, my morning is like me time. I mean, when the kids aren't awake or they don't need me to get them waters or breakfast or whatever it is, you know, it's like, that is my time. Everybody else is asleep and I get to just fuel into me. And I think that is the thing that has kept me going now for, I've been doing 5am since for three years. So my youngest, because I don't, for me, I don't like to count that newborn stage because when you're Oh my gosh, waking up through the night, as you know, not sleeping and breastfeeding and all the things. It's like, okay, that, that I give myself a little bit of a break for. But other than that, I was getting up at 5 a.m., but I knew that was my Achilles, Achilles heel. I knew that was my weakness where I was like, man, I'm not getting up, but because I'm not doing that, I know I'm not hitting my full potential of where I can be in every area. Yeah. Well, and that I think for people, I try to explain the miracle morning is not about waking up early, right? It's not the 5am club. And and by the way, all respect to Robin Sharma, I, I was studying him learning from him when I was writing yeah. the miracle morning. But the point is, it's it actually one of my co authors in the miracle morning book series that wrote the miracle morning for real estate agents, he said, the miracle morning is not about waking up early, it's about waking up better. Right. So it's just starting the first part of your day. It could literally be 10 minutes. Like I mentioned, I think I mentioned the Miracle Morning app. There's an 11 minute track. You hit play and that's it. 11 minutes. Like anybody can wake up 15 minutes early, brush their teeth and hit play. Anybody can do that. Right. So, okay. So let me ask you to the point of that. Is there a certain time that you have to be up? Does it have to be in a certain order? Like Mm. dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, know on the time you have to wake up. It's just okay. waking up 10 minutes to 60 minutes earlier than you have to. Okay. Right. Most of us wake up at the last possible minute right. that we have to wake up to or answer the kids to somebody are else. In bed and they're like, wake up, wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so it's waking up just slightly earlier than you have to. Once you do it, you get, you know, it's an addiction. You're like, yes. it's the most, it's the most positive addiction. You're like, when I do my morning ritual, my miracle morning, whatever you call it, um, I feel better. Yeah. And when I don't do it, so like one, uh, you didn't ask this exact question, but it's in alignment with it where a, a question that comes up a lot in the miracle morning community, which is a, a Facebook group with 350,000 people, wow. people say, Hey, how many days a week I'm new to the miracle morning. Do you do it Monday through, do y'all do it Monday through Friday? Like every, what do you do? And almost every response is I do it seven days a week. Yeah. I started at five days a week because society's conditioners think that that's what you do. You take the weekends right, off. Right. But then yeah. what they'll say is, but then I slept in on Saturday. I didn't do my miracle morning and I woke up like, oh, something's missing. Like I just yeah. feel blah. Yeah. So they realize that when I do the miracle morning, I put myself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state. So on the weekend, mm-hmm. you might not be doing that for productivity. You might be doing that so that you can be in a, per, a really loving, playful state when your kids get out of bed. Like, yeah. you're not, they're not waking you up and you're like, Ugh. you're like, you're right. already, you've already read your affirmations. You've meditated, you visualize engaging with your kids and yeah. showing up for them as the best parent that you can be. Oh, so, when, so every day is better when you do your miracle morning. And in terms of the order, you can do it in any order. I talk about in the new book, right? There's the miracle morning, uh, customizing your savers to fit your lifestyle. Yep. And some people, for example, 
you wake up and you're like, if you're like groggy and you have that brain fog and you're like, if I meditate right now, I'm going to fall back asleep in this, you know, on this couch, right? Um, you just move your E to the front, do 60 That's seconds right. of jumping jacks, right? So you can do, once you do your savers, you can customize the order, you can customize the duration, you can customize the overall length, you can customize every aspect to fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences. Which is so great because there's no excuse not to do it, right? It's like, it can't be the time. It can't be, oh, I don't want to do this one first. Or, you know, there's no particular order. Like you get to customize based on how you're feeling to get you into that state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good. Okay, the final question that I have for you is also in your new updated version, you have, it's called The Miracle Life, Your Path to Inner Freedom. I would love to just ask you one or two pieces of just insight on why you wanted to add this into your new updated version. Yeah. So this is, this is the next book that I want to write the miracle life. And I've been writing it really since the pandemic hit, like that's when I started, started really thinking, okay, right now people are focusing on things that are out of their control. They're focusing 100%. on the pandemic. They're focusing on what the government's doing. They're focusing on, um, you know, the re restrictions being put on them. They're focusing on other people on social media. They're focusing on right. What their relatives are saying and doing. And here's the thing. When we focus on things that are out of our control, I think I said this earlier, mm -hmm. we feel out of control and that causes stress and fear and anxiety and depression. And so when I, when the pandemic hit, I go, okay, what should I be focusing on right now? And the answer was quickly clear. It was I should only focus on things that are within my control. And then I said, what's in my control? And there was only one answer. Me. Yeah. It's it's and to me, there's two, there's two sides of that coin. I can control who I become every day, mm -hmm. and I can control how I show up for the people that I love and the people that I lead. Yeah. That's what I can control. And the two are correlated because yeah. when I focus on my miracle morning and becoming the best version of myself every morning, I then get to show up better at my best for the people I love and the people that I lead. And yeah. so when the pandemic hit, I doubled down on Miracle Morning. So and, and then the other piece of this, so in, in terms of leading into the Miracle Life, for those that don't know my story, I'm gonna give you three really short recaps of these extreme adversities that I went through. When I was eight years old, my baby sister died at home uh, in front of me with me and my mom there. My mom was giving her mouth to mouth, trying to save her life. Oh. My baby sister was 18 months old and she passed away. And I learned from my mom and dad that when you experience adversity, you help other people. My mom started leading a support group within six to 12 months to lead other parents who had hurt, who had lost their children. And my dad started a fundraiser to raise money for the hospital that tried to save my sister's life. Fast forward 12 years later, uh, at 20 years old, I was giving a speech at a sales conference, driving home. I was hit head on by a drunk driver and found dead at the scene. Uh, I broke 11 bones. I was clinically dead for six minutes. I spent six days in a coma and I was told that I would never walk again. And then fast forward uh, 17 years later and I was diagnosed with this rare aggressive form of cancer that I mentioned earlier and told I had a 20 to 30% chance of living. When I had my car accident, I decided I can't change what happened to me. I can't change that I was in a car accident. And if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, as the doctors are saying, then I won't be able to change that. So what can I control? I can only control how I choose to experience every moment that I'm in a, that I'm alive, whether I'm in a wheelchair, whether, whatever it is. So and powerful. I realized I want to be happy. 
So I'm going to be the happiest person that anyone's ever met in a wheelchair. And not, not pretending, I'm genuinely going to focus all of my thoughts, all of my energy, all of the questions. So not why did this happen to me? Why poor me? But why did this happen to me? What can I learn? What can I grow? How can I help other people from this experience? So long story short, and then when I had cancer, by the way, the day I was diagnosed with cancer, I, my wife was naturally terrified that I was going to, she was going to lose her husband. I said, sweetheart, I know you're scared. So am I. But I want to tell you, I have unwavering faith that I will beat this cancer. And I want you to know that I have decided, just like with my car accident, I'm going to be the happiest, the most grateful I've ever been while I endure the most difficult time in our lives. Because I can't change that I have cancer, but I can choose to be genuinely grateful and happy in the midst of the, the, the difficulty. And I really believe that that's why I learned to walk again. That's why I beat cancer because of that mindset. So the miracle life, your path to inner freedom is I teach you how to choose your mental and emotional state, no matter what's going on around you. And to me, it's the ultimate superpower because even if you're struggling financially, even if your marriage is falling apart, whatever it is, how can you maintain an optimal inner state of total freedom so that you can show up at your best every single day, even when it might feel like your world's falling apart. Because when you do that, you can get through it that much faster and it doesn't destroy you. You're in control of how you show up. How I just have to tell you, I mean, I, I read all of this, obviously, in your bio, in your book before, but hearing you say this and the passion and the energy in your voice and in who you are, I mean, if everybody had this kind of energy and looked at life like this, the world would be such a better place. The world would be filled with people who look at gratitude and look for opportunities and look how to help people. So my heart is like so full right now because the way you show up and the way that you just give and are so full of life, it, it's not only is it energizing, but my, my heart feels like it's growing just talking to you here. <laughs> Well, I, I, I receive that, Sandy, and I think it, it, it mirrors you. So thank you for your kind words, and I would reflect back. Thank you for how you show up, and, and I feel like you come from a place of genuine love for other people and service. And so, um, yeah, so thank you for the kind words, and, and I echo them right back to you. Oh, I just, I love this so much. It's so powerful. And I think, you know, the, the big message here is no matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstances are, you are always in control. You can always do something about it. You can always change your mindset and the way that you show up, the way that you look at what is going on. Because like you said, you can't change most things in your life are, are out of your control, but you can yeah. be in control of yourself. And it's such a powerful way of looking at life. And when you take that and you implement all of these tools that you have, I mean, you truly become unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it's like, all we can do is the best we can with who we are. So we yeah. need to become the best version of ourselves so that the best we can do gets better and better and better every single day. Yes. And for the people around us, the yep. lives that we're changing. I mean, just the fact that you said, you know, when your sister, when, when your mom and dad went, went through um, that with your sister, like they gave back to their community. I mean, yep. that just takes, 
such a huge heart. And that just takes something to be able to look at a situation and just like your, your outlook on life. I mean, I hear this story about your parents and I see where you've gotten that from. And it's, it's so powerful. And again, I think that uh, if we could all look at life um, in a way that we are in control, it would change the game for so many of us, no matter what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that whatever you're going through right now, my heart goes out to you and realize that it's temporary. It yeah. is temporary. You, you're, you're, you know, we, all challenges are temporary. And, and even if the challenge you go, no, 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 but, but I, you know, over the next few years, I, I can't, I, I'm now divorced or I've, I've, I've lost my job or whatever. Either way, it's temporary. If you're, if you're scared of the future, you're not looking far enough out because yes. there is light oh, at the end of the so tunnel, good. right? There is, you know, the, I loved the analogy I learned years ago, but you know, that like on a cloudy day when it's dark and it's gloomy and you're like, oh my gosh, the sun is shining on the other side, right? And if yeah. you just give it a few days or maybe depending on where you live, it might be a week or two, but yeah. the sun will come out and like, and that's, that's life and you can endure the struggle and it helps. Everything is how you look at things. Yeah. And so if you realize oh, that amen. <laughs> whatever you're going through, it is, think about this, think about this. Whatever you're going through right now, in fact, the more difficult it is, it is an opportunity for you to learn, to grow, and to become better and stronger than you have ever been before. Yes. Oh, this is so good, Hal. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody buy your book, connect with you on social media, and just dive into your content? Because this is just such a wealth of knowledge and information. Yes, this is the new book. If you're looking at the screen, uh, the updated expanded edition, um, and uh, you can go to miraclemorning.com. That's the hub for everything. The book is for sale wherever books are sold, Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Uh, but miraclemorning.com is the hub where you can watch the Miracle Morning movie. We didn't even talk about that, but I encourage everybody. Yes. It's an incredible documentary. Go, go watch the Miracle Morning movie. It's free on miraclemorning.com. You can download the app for free. Uh, you can join the community. So every miraclemorning.com is the hub for everything. Amazing. Well, Hal, thank you so much for being here today, sharing all this wealth of knowledge and information. Everyone, you've heard it here straight from Hal. Now you can go out and slay your day.